0: How many of you guys like stories? How many of you guys like enjoy stories? I I, I love stories. I love story time. I love um, telling stories. I like listening to stories. I remember one time, uh, they had that uh, cookie place, yeah, in Kailua. Um, It's like uh, the famous Amos place. I don't know if it's still there actually. Did it close down somebody? It closed down? Oh, that's so sad, I'm so sorry. Um, But uh, I remember when it was open, I went there one time and Wally Amos was in there and he was reading books to kids and I just stayed there and listened (laughs) because I enjoy a good story, you know. and um, But I'm going to start off my message with a little bit of story time for you guys. So I hope you're excited because I'm going to, you know, Papa Brad's going to give you a, a nice little story. That's kind of weird coming from a, a 22-year-old guy. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to give you guys a story. And the story is about uh, primarily three men. So the first one is Apostle Paul. We all know who Paul is. Um, we're very familiar with what he has done in the Bible. The second one um, is this guy, uh, Philemon, um, which... Uh, in my childhood, I struggled with that name uh, because number one, I watched a lot of shows on TV like Pokémon and Digimon and stuff like that. So naturally, um, <laughs> my tendency was to pronounce it Philemon, and I was just like, "It's I, I know that that's, that's familiar to me." Um, but uh, you know, I, I was uh, actually studying for it and talking to Carl on calls, like, "Oh yeah, I found out like it's pronounced Philemon," and he's been pronouncing it like Philemon for the entire time. So he's like, "Oh, I have to correct myself too," and. Uh, and so it's just kind of funny because I was like talking about it. And even some people in my mini church were like, oh, I thought you said filet mignon. And I was like, no, our character's not a cute steak. Um, you know, it's not, it's not flame on, It's not filemon. It's a, it's a philemon. So we can all, you know, get that in our heads. Uh, we can all say it together right now. So everyone say philemon. philemon. And so the third character of our story is this man named Onesimus. Um, everyone say Onesimus. And the Bible has all these, like, I mean, pretty interesting names. You've got to admit, like, it has a way of just, like, giving you words that you can't pronounce. And it makes our job really hard and embarrassing sometimes because we mispronounce things. And it's just like, I remember one time when I was in junior high, I called, uh, I pronounced uh, this one name, Nebuchadnezzar. And it's definitely, that's definitely not how you pronounce it. And, and like, there's just all these weird uh, names, and we're going to hear actually some of them in this story. But so here's these three men, right? And so you have Philemon and Onesimus. These guys are Colossians. They live in the, um, the city of Colossae. And you might recognize that name because it is a book in the Bible, uh, the book of Colossians, because uh, the Apostle Paul wrote that book as a letter to the people in Colossae, in the church of, uh, of Colossae. And so um, Philemon and Onesimus are actually Colossians. They are people of the city of Colossae. And... Uh, Philemon is this man that was, uh, is, is an affiliate of Paul and stuff, and he's part of the church in Colossae, and uh, he actually holds uh, church in his house, which to me sounds a lot like mini church, so, you know, right on Philemon, and, uh, and so he he's, uh, has this whole thing going on, he's a part of the church, he's a good guy and everything, and he has this man named Onesimus who is his slave, and so... You know, we're going to be talking a lot about Onesimus and, and this slave guy, um, but I got I to gotta clarify for you guys. Um, I want to say right now that Paul doesn't condone slavery in, of our day and age. Apostle Paul's not like, yes, slavery is a good thing because you have to understand slavery in their day and age again. You know, in our time, it, you know, we hear the word slavery and our minds do this like Google images search, right? And so we start seeing things like, and we, we think of Abraham Lincoln and we think of the Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment. And I mean, I, I just think of, uh, I watch The Office a lot and I think of Michael Scott and like, he quotes Abraham Lincoln, he's like, Abraham Lincoln once said, if you are a racist, I will attack you with the North. And like, I just get all, you get all these images, you know, um, in your head of just what uh, slavery is. But back in their days, slavery was just a part of their lifestyle. Um, uh, you know, in our day and age, it's a, it's a racial issue. But in their day and age, it wasn't uh, focused on one specific uh, group, one specific demographic, one specific uh, race or gender or anything like that. It was actually a thing that all people, all people could become slaves. Even native-born Romans could become slaves. It was like. The way that they, uh, I mean, they could pay off debts that way. If they had a debt, they could sell themselves into slavery, or they could sell their kids into slavery, which is kind of horrible, you know, thinking about it. Um, But that's just the way that their life was, and it's just a part of the the cycle of life in that time. And so Onesimus was Philemon's slave, and so... um, Basically, Onesimus, we, we'll find out in the text, is that he's not exactly the, the, the best hard-working uh, slave. You know, he's kind of lazy, and um, in the text, it starts uh, saying he's, like, pretty much useless, um, so that's kind of sad. And, um, but Onesimus kind of gets over this life of slavery, and he's like, I need to get out of here. And so, you know, he, uh, he gets out of there, he, he, he gets out, and, and he... Uh, In the scripture, it says like he may have wronged Philemon. You know, we don't know what that looks like. Maybe he took the dinner off the dinner table on the way out and he's just like, all right, see ya. Or maybe he kicked down a door just to spite Philemon. I don't know. You know, he may have wronged Philemon, but he got out of there and he heads for Rome. And uh, when he gets to Rome... He uh, he actually happens to meet this guy named Paul. And uh, obviously, Apostle Paul doing his thing, you know, talking about Jesus, proclaiming the name of God, talking about the love that uh, can, I mean, bring just a redemption in your life. And Onesimus hears this. Onesimus kind of starts to listen to this, and, he, and it catches his attention, and he starts to uh, actually engage with what Paul is saying, and Paul actually leads Onesimus to Christ after, after, you know, he like ran away. He's a runaway slave, dishonored his master, you know, was a bad slave, and, and got out of there, and, and he act- actually ends up receiving Christ, and um, so in conversation, you know, Paul finds out that Onesimus is a runaway slave, and then he actually ends up finding out also that Onesimus' master is Philemon, and so Paul says, I'm going to send you back to your master. And instantly, you can just think Onesimus saying like, oh my gosh, don't do this to me. You know, you can't do this to me. Don't send me back. And he's like, don't worry. I'm not sending you empty-handed. I'm sending you back with a letter. And actually, the book that we're reading uh, this morning is actually the letter that Paul wrote. That's, uh, it's, an, it's called an epistle, right? So there's books in the Bible called epistles, which, are, which means like they're letters. And so the book of Philemon is Paul's letter to Philemon on behalf of Onesimus. It's pretty much just a reference letter. And so uh, he sends Onesimus back with the letter, and, and so we're going to talk about what this says in the letter, and what's going on, and what it, how it can apply to our lives. And so is that good? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about these three guys, and uh, I got to say, I'm really excited about this word. I, I really liked this message a lot, preparing for it. I spent hours in Starbucks just like reading uh, about like, Philemon and, and, and like studying the Bible, and just looking at what's going on here and just receiving from it myself because i got to be honest with you like i'm preaching at myself this morning when i when i hear this but um you guys ready for the rest of the word all right let's just pray real quick Uh, Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. I just thank you for each person here, Lord, just open and ready and just um, ready to just engage with your word and to meet here with you, Lord. So we just ask that you would meet us here, Lord, that uh, Holy Spirit, you would just uh, fall in this place, that you would just be um, in here just uh, stirring in each person's hearts right now, Lord, that you would uh, be making yourself present and known in our lives. Um, But Lord, we just pray your will be done this morning. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so this first point is called a godly example. And so I'm going to read from uh, Philemon uh, chapter one, because the whole book of Philemon is just one chapter, which is like my favorite kind of books in the Bible, because I'm about to go, I'm, I'm about to take you through an entire book of the Bible right now. And uh, I don't know, just, that's cool anyways. I wasn't, I wasn't really an avid reader before. <laughs> but uh, chapter one, verse one through seven, it says this, uh, this letter is from Paul, a prisoner, for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy, I am writing to Philemon, our, brother, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphea, and to our fellow soldier uh, Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because uh, I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love um, for all of God's people. And I'm praying that you'll put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. For your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That's pretty, that's a pretty nice thing, yeah, to, to know that if you're, you're so kind that you refresh people's hearts. Like, you ever, anybody ever meet someone like that? They're still just nice, so kind, and so generous that when you're around them, like, you just feel good. Like, I think, like, uh, if you know uh, our women's pastor, Tammy, that, that is one person that I just always feel refreshed when I'm around. She's just so, like, loving and so, like, encouraging and always happy and smiling. And when you get there, you just, you can't help but feel just good. Um, and Philemon, Philemon has that quality. And um, and so, basically, you see this is, like, Paul's introduction to his letter. You know, he starts with, like, pleasantries. He's just like, hey, what's up, Philemon? You know, I, I feel good writing to you. I finally to, uh, connect with you again. And he's saying, and he just starts to, like, uh, Kind of just honor him really he's just saying you know i've been hearing so much about you i've been hearing about how you're so loving and you're so kind and you're so you're so generous and i'm just hearing that you're doing amazing things in the church and you're even um like generous enough to open your house to have ch- church meet in it and uh and he's pretty much just like you know really um kind of really just appealing to him on in that sense and uh you know we we, we know that paul played a huge part in philemon's life um But this is what I get out of this first part, out of these first seven verses. You know, I mean, it's easy to kind of just glaze over them because it's just like Paul saying, hey, you know, you're doing a really good job and stuff. But this is what I get out of it. You know, as uh a... Paul's an apostle, so he travels from city to city to city to city, uh, meeting with churches, starting churches, uh, I mean, outpouring the spirit of God upon people and just uh, just translating what he's received from God to other people and trying to reach others and and, and evangelize and, and do his thing, you know, do the apostle thing. And uh, the thing is, is like, we, you got to understand that as many people as you try to reach, a lot of times not all of them come, come to, or react the way that you want to, right? I mean, how many of you guys know that? You, when, when, you, uh, when you try to, I don't know, invite someone to church, you know, it's not like 100% of your friends and family that you invited, like, yes, let's go, I'm ready. You know, like they're not like super ecstatic about it and everything. And uh, you, you got to understand, I mean, even for myself, when I was uh, being in the youth ministry, not necessarily as a pastor, but even just from being a leader to where I am now, um, you know, I've seen people come and I've seen people go. Um, I've, I, I, some of them, I know where they're at. And some of them, I don't even know where they're at. I don't even know if they're going to church. And I've seen just the different, you know, I mean, like the Bible says, like the different soils, how people receive God's word and how the people receive his spirit. And, and the thing is, like, I think what Paul is really pleased with is out of all the people that he, uh, uh, you know, ministers to, out of all the people that he tries to reach, he sees one person that actually gets it. You know, I mean, I, I can pinpoint people in, in, the, in the past that I've seen really receive what we like, you know, teach here at church and everything and what, what we try to offer to people. And I've seen people that kind of just ignore it and stuff and just like, oh, that, that's nice and let it go like straight over their heads and, and gone and then they leave and they're over it. But, you know, Paul, I think, is really pleased with Philemon because he, he's modeled what he feels people should be acting like. He, he tries to model what, what Jesus modeled. He tries to... Uh, to really communicate, this is what it means to be a Christ follower, and Philemon is someone that gets it. And, and we're talking about, you know, sharing second chances, passing it on, and I think what really pleases Paul is that Philemon is a prime example of someone who took his second chance and used it to the best of his ability. Are you guys following with me? He's someone that got a second chance, and, and he used it um, to, to the maximum potential of what he had for it. Um, how many of you guys are familiar uh, with Super Mario Bros? Yep. Come on. I mean, pretty much everyone has to be like, um, someone was telling me that he, it's the most, uh, widely, or it's not, I don't know, most widely recognized like, uh, video game character of all time. I don't know, that, that pretty much sounds correct to me. But uh, how many of you guys actually played any of the Super Mario Bros. games when you were like a kid or like when you're, I don't know, at some point in your life? Um, I'm going to show you something. Um, but on, I, I love video games, if I could just say that. I, thanks, Frank. We're on the same page here because we, we game together sometimes. And actually, on Friday night, some guy came up to me. He's like, can I find you on, on PS3? Like, and I was just like, yeah, my gamer tag is winner. And he's like, all right, I'll go find it." <laughs> so if you want to find me on PlayStation, that's, that's my gamer tag. Uh, but anyways, sometimes I watch YouTube videos. Sometimes I watch YouTube videos. And, I, watch, uh, YouTube videos, and uh, I, I like to watch like people play through games, especially if I'm having a hard time. Because one thing, you know, that's like, I mean... It always happens is nerd rage. You know you can't beat this part of the level, and you're just like, ah! And then you end up throwing your controller. And then like, or like when I was a kid, I had the original Game Boy, the the fat brick, the gray one with the purple buttons. And I remember one time I was playing uh, like Killer Instinct. It was like this fighting game. And I got so mad because I couldn't beat the skeleton guy. So I headbutted my Game Boy. And like, so I watch YouTube videos, and there's these guys that do um, what we call speed runs of the super, some of the Super Mario games. And uh, basically what that is, is they try to see from the beginning of the game, like when you first start it, to the very end, beating the last boss, how quickly you can go through the whole game. And they do it like in a matter of hours. So, oh, we don't have to play it, Jesse. Okay, you can play it now, I guess. That's cool. Yes. Just, let's just watch this really quick. This is a speed run. Doesn't that look familiar? first level skips the checkpoint what a smug jerk this making us look bad he the checkpoint. Good for the checkpoint right under the football guy are you serious that that's amazing that's a if i could i'd give that guy an award um, you should see the entire thing, I've seen someone run through the entire game, but um, if you're like me, you know, and you grew up playing this game and you don't ever make it like that on your first try, um, you know, I want to show you a second video that kind of more accurately represents actually what it looks like when I play the game, but if we could play that second video. Ah. That's what it looks like basically when I play it because I'm one of those people that like dies on like the first guy that pops up and you're just like, oh, and you just, you know, the first time you're just like, all right, all right, I can handle that. Just try again. I got, I got like three more guys left. You know, the second time it happens, you dodge that first guy and you feel like victorious and you die on the second guy. And you just get frustrated because you're just like, you keep losing and, and like, you know, you start doing really good and on your last life, you end up dying on the first guy again. And then you're just like, you're over it. You're just like, you know, you break your game and you're just like, I'm, not, I'm done with this. Don't ever, I'm not ever going to play that game again. And then tomorrow happens and you're like, all right, I'll play. And like, you know, but the thing is the only way that they're able to do that is because the one thing about that, like that game, the side-scrolling Mario games is that everything happens at the exact same time, right? Like, everything's programmed to happen at a specific time. So every turtle that walks by, you know, and, and like, that flies and everything will hit every single spot at the exact same time. The football guys that jump and run at you uh, come in at the exact same times. Every goomba that, like, walks across the screen, like, you know, it's the exact same place at the exact same time. And so if you keep playing it over and over again, like, through every single game over, like, going through it, going through it, you know, you're going to start to learn where they come up, right, so you can dodge every single one. And so they, they do it. They do trial and error. They repeat it and they repeat it and they repeat it. And the thing is, is that what, when they learn from their first try, the errors that they had that in their second try, that they can, they can overcome those, those obstacles, right? And I think that's really my point, is like the point of a second chance is that you would learn from the mistakes of your first try so that you can actually do better in your second try. Are you guys following with me? Is, is if you if you truly want to succeed, if you truly want to use uh, your second chance to the best of its ability, like Philemon did, you look at the, the errors of your first try so that you can do better in your second try. That's that's really the point of having a second chance. You know, I mean, I mean, God doesn't intend for us. I mean, He's never going to say, "Okay, you've you've wasted too many chances." He he has like He believes in second chances, third chances, fourth chances. You know, to whatever He keeps going on with it. Um, but you know, He does. He's not saying that that you're you're just supposed to go through life and just accept that and be like, all right, I'm not perfect. So I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep messing up. It's all right. I'm not going to worry about it. And uh, I'm just going to chalk it up to grace and just say like, all right, God, you know, God, God has me, you know, God's grace is sufficient and everything because um, I'm reading this book. And one thing that they, he said um, in this book, um, the pastor that wrote the book was saying um, so many people they go through life, um, like they, they go through life um, unconcerned about it. You know, they just um, like, they're unfazed by it, unconcerned, They're just like, oh, well, yeah, you know, God has grace on me. And it's true. He does. But God's grace isn't just there to forgive your sins. It's there to over, help you overcome your sins, too. Can I say that? It's not just there just so you can pardon. It's not just there to pardon you. It's there to empower you, to get you past the sins, the things that you fell through before, the things that, that ruled your life before. God's grace is there to, to help you overcome those things. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so, you know, the, it's really looking back on your life and saying like, all right, it, before I had this second chance that Jesus offers me, what areas of my life did I, have, did I have obstacles that I could avoid in my second chance? You know, like, it's kind of funny to think of it in the Mario terms, like, okay, there's a Goomba coming and now I can avoid the Goomba this time, like, you know, whatever. But you think about it in, like, in these terms, like the areas of your life that you felt overcome with grief and sadness, you know, in your second chance, you can turn that into joy. You know, the areas of your life that you suffered defeat, um, in your second chance, you now have the power to, to see where that defeat comes from and to turn it into victory. You know, in, in the areas of your life where you fell short, you have the power to rise above where you fell short. You know, that, I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, that's an empowering thought to think that you, can, you have the chance to, every mistake that you made before, you can clean your slate and, and avoid them the next time. That's what God's grace offers us. And, and that's powerful to me. That's amazing um, to me. And so really my point is that when you receive a second chance, when you, when you take that second chance that Jesus has to offer, your life should look like an example of his redeeming love in your life. You know, your, your life should look like um, you had this life before that was you know, not, not so great, and, and you're, you're able and enabled and, and to come in and, and say, God, I'm not going to make those mistakes again, and, and I, I have redemption through your love because you have offered that to me, and people should be able to see that in your life. Because if people look at your life and they say, oh, here, here he is or she is before Jesus and here they are after and there's no difference, they're not going to feel encouraged about it, right? They're not going to be inclined to be like, wow, that's what a powerful God to have someone like this and then let them stay exactly the same, <laughs> you know? It, it doesn't make sense. And so your life should be an example of God's redeeming love when you take that second chance, when you, when you accept the salvation and the grace that God has for your life. Are you guys following with me? You guys there? Yeah, uh, hopefully, you guys are just taking really good notes. <laughs> um, but uh, the second point is talking about sharing second chances. Um, really talking about it doesn't, it doesn't end with just receiving a second chance, you know? It, it, it's really about receiving that second chance and, and letting it change your life, letting it uh, really come in and just do work with you to stir up things and to bring something new to the surface. But after that, you've got to find someone that needs that, that second chance too, right? Because everyone deserves a second chance. And so um, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to continue in this letter from Paul and, uh, in verses uh, 8 through 10, and it says this. Uh, this is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ, um, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father uh, in the faith while here in prison. And uh, you know, you can kind of notice, like, even like in this like particular set of scripture and even in the very beginning, Paul's really appealing to, to like Philemon's nicer side, right? He's he's saying, like, I know you're a loving guy. I know that you're very generous, I know that you're a part of the church, I know that you're very kind and refreshing. He's like really appealing. It almost feels like he's buttering him up because <laughs> he's about to ask him something. But I, think, I don't think it's about buttering him up. I, I really think it's a, you know, you gotta understand, that Paul has like, is an apostle, right? He has some authority. I mean, he planted these churches in, in a Colossae and in, um, in all the other churches that are, are mentioned in the epistles and everything and, and the Church of Corinth and everything. And, and he's a big part of the ministries that are going on in that, in that region, right? And so he has this apostolic authority. He has a lot of authority to just say, hey, Philemon, go do this. I'm Paul, you gotta listen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He has a lot of authority, but he says that, I just want to simply ask you and i think why is because he understands what a godly man philemon has become since his second chance he understands how far he's come he's under, he understands um, how much he's allowed god's love to captivate him and to and to become him you know and so instead of ordering him he says no i know you're a godly man so i'm just going to simply ask you because i know it's the right thing to do and uh you know it's like um Later on, if I could jump ahead, in verse 19, uh, Paul says something like, uh, don't forget that you, you owe me your very soul. He says that to Philemon, which that's kind of a scary thought. Someone's like, you better do this for me because you owe me your soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just kind of a scary thought. But um, I mean, it's not, he's saying like, I mean, he, he's the one that brought Philemon to Christ, you know? Paul's the one that led Philemon to Christ. And so basically, I think what Paul is telling him is like, you're going to give Onesimus a second chance because don't forget at one point in your life, you needed a second chance. You know, and and it's really just to goes to show that God's grace is available for everybody. God's grace is available for everyone, but I mean, it, it may not necessarily be accepted by everyone yet. Not everyone may have activated God's grace in their life. Not everyone may have received the glory that is available to them, but it has definitely been available to them ever since uh, the beginning of time. God's grace has always been available for all of us, um, ever since that you know His Son came down and died for our sins and made that grace available to us. It has always been there, you know? And I think two things have been made clear in God's word. Number one, in Romans 3.23, where he says that all have sinned and fall short, right? I mean, we all have sinned. We are, we are all sinners. We all fall short. Um, but what's equally is actually probably more important um, is, is this truth in Titus 2.11. And it says that um, his grace, which brings bring salvation, has, been made, uh, has been, have appeared to all men. I mean, all mankind it has has this grace available to them. All mankind ha- has this option to say, "I choose. I choose you, Jesus. I choose the power of your life. I mean, the power of, of your sacrifice on my life. You know, everyone has that option and that availability. Um, and so, you really got to think about that, it's because doesn't it seem to go that sometimes we we tend to pick and choose who we think is ready to go to church? <laughs> you know, what I mean, it, we we have these times in our head where we kind of start to have this like scale right and and we look at someone and be like all right this person is way too far away from god like they'll never they'll never want to come to church or or that person um you know they, they probably sin too much um or and, and I, I don't even want to talk to them about it or i mean there's, there's usually two kind of people that we don't want to invite to church number one is the people that maybe have wronged us and we have we have a grudge against right and we're just like ah oh, man i mean i know it's the right thing to do but i i don't i can't handle seeing them in the same church as me you know I mean, I've had that feeling before with other people. Um, Or number two, you know, like, uh, there's people in our lives where we feel like, ah, like, they would never, you just, you deem them a lost cause. You're just like, ah, I don't think they'd even accept, so I'm not even going to try to ask, or, you know, that that person would never want to come to church, and and even if they did sit in the service, and, and they did sit in the worship, and they did sit in the message, like, I don't think they would ever raise their hand for a salvation prayer. I don't think they would really receive from the message. And we start to make those judgment calls in our heads sometimes, you know. And we've got to realize that God's grace is way more powerful than, than, than that. We've we got to realize that sometimes even in our own judgment calls, we've got to realize that, that people are a lo- our God's a lot closer to people than we might think. And, and we've got to realize that some people are a lot closer to making a decision for Jesus than we might think. And, and it, it's really just a, about being obedient to going out there and saying, you know what? I believe in God's love that can cover all sins, that's overpowering. I mean, a love that has no end. I mean, we just sang that song, you know, his love knows no end. And, and you gotta believe that every person has that grace available to them and every person needs that grace, you know? Um, I, want, I want you to write this down. Um, I put in my study time, I was like just receiving and like God spoke to me about this and I was just like, wow, that's really good. And so I typed it in bold so I'd remember to say it with emphasis um, but it says, the power to give grace is exclusive to Jesus. So the power to give grace, I mean, is exclusive because we can only find it in Jesus. You're not going to find grace in anyone else. You're not going to find it in any other pagan god. You're not going to find it in any, any uh, earthly person. You're not going to find it um, in anything at all except Christ Jesus. So grace is exclusive to Jesus, but grace itself is, is uh, inclusive to all people, meaning that grace is available to everyone, but you only find it in Jesus and so I'll say that again in a shorter, more like easier to write uh, phrase, but the power to give grace is exclusive to Jesus, but grace itself is inclusive to all. So again, it doesn't end with just receiving a second chance it's not just about what can i come i, I want to come to church because i want to receive a second chance like i mean that is a part of it but that's not the only part of it it doesn't end there it's it, once you receive that and you and it empowers you and it, and it changes your life and, and it comes in and it, and it brings healing where you needed healing and it brings restoration and revival where you needed it now you have to find someone that needs that same second chance you know i mean you got to find someone who who also had had a bad experience in their first try, made errors in their first try, and and need a second chance to redeem themselves. And and the thing is this, is 100% of the people who haven't received God's grace yet need it. 100% of them do. You know, I mean, you you walk through your community and you gotta realize 100% of the people that don't know Jesus and that they haven't received his grace, they need it. You know, what's the point? And, I mean, th- there is wisdom in, in picking and choosing and saying, hey, like, I should really try to ask that person because I think they really would be able to come or I really feel like the Holy Spirit leading me to talk to this person. There's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, don't overlook people that also need Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul understood that. He used every moment of his life to preach. I mean, when he's in the prison and he's, like, shackled to all these, like, like you know, obviously, like, really bad criminals and stuff, and then people are just like, oh, I feel so bad for you, Paul, like being shackled to such terrible men. And his attitude is like, oh, I'm not shackled to them. They're shackled to me. Now they gotta, now they got to hear me preach all the time in prison, you know? And, and he, every single person that he came across in his life, he's like, this person needs Jesus, so I better tell them about it. You know, and, and that's really our, what our attitude should be. And so the question stands, who in your life needs to know that they too need a second chance? And I'm going to repeat that. Who in your life needs to know that they, too, have a second chance, that they have the availability to choose Jesus, that they have the option to say, God, like, I messed up, and I want to receive your grace, and I want to try again. You know, that, that's huge, because I think a lot of people really, really, really want that, you know? And, um, you know, when I think of people that a lot of, like, you know, I mean, how many of you guys Ever came across someone in your life where you're just like, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I don't want to ask that person because I'm afraid to ask that person, whether it's because you thought they wouldn't ever come to church or because you, I mean, right now you can think of someone you're like, that, that person's never going to come to church. You know, and um, I think of this. I, I used to, I, I like to read a lot now. You know, before I didn't, but now I do. Um, but one of my favorite uh, authors is this man named C.S. Lewis. And I really think about him, and he's very intellectual. He's definitely got a gift of, like, logic and apologetics and, and really just, I mean, a gift of intellect. He's a smart guy. He has a way with words and, and, lo- and like, uh, debate and, like, building a case around something. And um, I imagine him being someone that no one wanted to invite to church because he used to be an atheist. And so, um, you know, you think about that, it's just like, here's this guy who doesn't believe in any sort of, like, God, and uh, he's really smart, and he loves to debate, and it's just like, that's a dangerous weapon right there. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm pretty sure no one would want to go head-to-head with C.S. Lewis saying, hey, you should come to church. I believe in this God. And he's just like, well, I don't believe in this God because blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, oh, now I feel discouraged, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to cry to myself. You know, it's like, no one probably no one wanted to invite him to church. Um, and it's funny, because I, I read this book called Mere Christianity, Um, If you want to write that down, you can, because someone was asking me about it after service, but it's called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And uh, like I said, he was an atheist, and he was actually bent on disproving Christianity. He was bent on proving that Jesus and and God and the Trinity and everything was a fake. It was a farce. And um, so in his book, he's writing about how he was like going to do it. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove that Jesus is fake. And so he starts studying the Bible, like, intently. He's just, like, going through, like, all the scriptures and stuff. And he's, like, studying uh, every, all, like, all the history and the background and trying to prove it wrong. And at the end of his studies, he found that all of it was true. And he converted himself. <laughs> How many people can say they converted? <laughs> like, he converted himself. No one, like, talked to him about God. He's just, like, he just opened the Bible and he's just, like, I'm going to disprove this. And he starts cross-referencing and looking at all these, like, facts and everything. And he's, like, it's all true. I guess I believe in Jesus. Like, there's nothing here that, that proves to me that this, this is wrong. And, but, I mean, that in itself proves to, me, proves to me, like, no matter any person you think, however far you think they're away from God, however much you think that there's an impossibility for them to come to God, you've got to know that our God is a God of impossibles. Amen. I mean, see, if he can reach C.S. Lewis through himself... <laughs> I mean, he can reach your friends through you. You gotta you got believe that. You gotta believe that God's love can flow through you and impact people's lives because in the Bible it says his love covers all things. You know, all sins are covered by his love and his grace. I mean, th- that song Amazing Grace, like I glazed over that song so much in my like, childhood and just growing up, but when I sing that song now and I really believe it and just understand what it's talking about, man, God's grace is really amazing. I mean, can I get an amen somewhere? somebody? God's grace is so amazing. Um, but you know, you, you think about Fleeman, back to Fleeman and Onesimus you know, here's this slave, I mean, he's lazy, doesn't do much work, he, like, leaves, you know, without master's consent, totally dishonoring the family and everything, um, and uh, he may have, again, he may have wronged Philemon, he, he may have caused some damages that Paul needs to, like, pay back, which he's saying, I will repay it if I have to. So, you got to imagine, Philemon doesn't have, or, I mean, has reason to not have such good feelings towards Onesimus, and so, You know he's like, you know Paul's like saying, I want you to take him back, and you just gotta imagine like in Philemon's head, like, I don't want to take that jerk back. Like, he ran away from me. He never gave me any good work. Like, he never. um, I mean, he he like, I don't know, broke my favorite lamp on the way out. Like, you know what I mean? He stole my wife's jewelry when he left. I don't know whatever he may have done, and and you gotta imagine that, like, to have the mindset. You you might be in Philemon's shoes saying like. I mean, you, you've received that second chance. You're making the best of it. Your your life is good. You're you're living for Christ. You're you're living in love and faith and and generosity and kindness. And but the only thing is, like, we're overlooking people that also need that second chance. Um, but I do want to clarify for you guys. You know, I don't want you to leave these like this campus, and your goal is to like turn people into projects. Like, I don't want you to go and be like, all right, I'm going to focus on that person and I'm going to work on them and turn it into like a scientific experiment and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's way too artificial because really your goal isn't to just go around and find people and be like, all right, that's my next project, you know, um, because people aren't projects. Um, people are, are people that need God's love too. People are, are also creations of God. They are also children of God. They just haven't come back yet. You know, and, and really this is your goal is you want to go in there and you want to, with the same compassion and, and love that you've received from God in your second chance, to, to use that to, to offer it to other people too. You, you want to go in there and, and genuinely love people, genuinely have compassion for people. And, and, and your goal is to go into the world and see the people's uh, failures that could become victories with Christ, to see their sadness that could become joy with Christ. You, you, got, you got to see into their life the errors that they made that could become uh, just a, a new life for them if they would have that grace in their life, if they would accept that, that grace on their life. Um, that's really your goal. I want to make that clear. is like, we don't, we don't want to become this like artificial thing like, yes, I'm going to get this person to church. And it just becomes like this like artificial kind of like project thing going on. Like it's, it's we're here to connect people to God. Like, and, and, and that's, that's a genuine thing. You have, to, you have to really be passionate and genuine about that. Um, but this last section I'm going to be talking about, um, if you look in your notes, the, the last section is called Potential for More. And it's talking about when you receive that second chance, there's, there's so much potential in your life to have more, to do more, to receive more from God. Um, but we're going to look at this, the text right here. It's kind of long, so just bear with me. It's going to be verses 11 to 25. Um, it's not that bad, actually, but we're going to read it together and we're going to get through it, I promise. Um, but starting in verse, uh, in verse 11. This is what it says. This is kind of funny, actually. Uh, it says, Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me a while, and I, uh, while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. Forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. There it is. It continues in verse 20 and it says, yes, my brother, please do this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you uh, soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, uh, Demas, and Luke, uh, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And uh, if I could just invite up uh, the worship team right now uh, while I go through this last point here. Um, you know, I, I really want to, uh, like, I want you guys to look at this um, the way I do. You know, I, you look at Onesimus and obviously <laughs> through Paul's description of what, you know, he's heard and probably through, like, Onesimus's like, confession to him, he's saying, you know, I got to admit to you, man, I hated working there. I didn't ever give a rip. <laughs> I didn't ever like put hard work in. And so Paul's like, all right, Philemon, I know that he hasn't been very good to you. Um, you know, he wasn't a very hard worker. He wasn't an o- overall good slave. Um, you know, he left, again, he left without consent. Um, Paul is saying, you know, he's, I, I, I know that he's been pretty useless to you. Um, you know, he did some bad things on the way out of the door, whatever it was. And as a mere slave with no work ethic, with no, uh, no direction in life, no real purpose for his life, you know, I mean, he had, like, lim- he had limited potential, and Paul saw that. Paul saw that, that Onesimus had this limited potential. Um, and you've got to understand, any person in the world disconnected from God has limited potential. I mean, there's a lot of successful people in our world right now. Um, you know, there's, there's, like, movie stars. There's, I mean, I mean whatever, like really cool like rock bands and stuff like that and people who don't without the power of god in their life they get pretty successful in earthly you know i mean scales and everything like that they have a lot of money they have the cars they have like whatever cool stuff and segways inside their house i don't know um you know and and they, and they and they've gained this status and they gained all these like accomplishments in the world and uh and the thing is like even the most famous person in the world is is nowhere near the glory of god even the strongest person in the world, I mean, the strongest man in the world or woman in the world, um, you know, is, is so weak compared to God. Like, even, even the person that has, like, the most money and, and whatever it is, like, whatever greatest accomplishment you could ever think of in the world is so small compared to our God. You got to realize that. If you're not connected to God, you have limited potential. I mean, you could reach the, the top of the charts on earth, but... That again is small compared to the universe that our god created that our god breathed into existence and you got to realize that if you want to have potential for more in your life if you want to surpass even what is available to you just in this world like you got to connect your life to god you know and 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 paul saw that with onesimus not connected to god just as a, a runaway slave there's very limited potential there but you look in the scriptures and he says now he's more than a slave now he's a brother to us. Now he's of use to us. And now he sees this unlimited potential that's available to him. He sees, he sees so many options and so many um, roads and avenues opening up now. And he's saying, now that this person believes in Christ, there's so much available to him. There's so much area that he could be used for Christ. He's saying, I wish he could stay with me, Philemon, because he's now preaching the gospel with me. You know, he's saying, Onesimus, this runaway slave, this lazy runaway slave, um, you know, is now preaching the gospel with me and I wish he could stay with me, but I know it's the honorable thing to send him back to you where he truly belongs with his master. And he sees this unlimited potential. And, and you know, it's, it's like, you think about it, what, what brought a runaway slave unlimited potential in an instant? Like, what was it? And it's, it's he, he connected his, his life to God. He connected his life to the creator that, that loves him and has more for him. Now, you, you gotta understand that when you get a second chance, God isn't saying like, all right, I, I pardon you, good luck, try to figure it out the second time around. <laughs> you know, if not, I'll give you another third chance so you can go figure it out. He's saying, I wanna give you a second chance, but I wanna help you do better in your second chance. He wants to supply what you need to get there. He wants to help you go to higher places. He wants to be there to, to lift you up over the, the, the trials in your life. He's there to help you through your second chances too. He's not just saying, okay, you're gonna go through a hard time, and I'll be standing on the other side, and he goes around it and waits for you on the other side. He, he walks with you through it. You know, he wants to get you through it. He wants to see you succeed and to have joy in your life. He wants to see you have uh, his heart where when you receive that and, and you have this overwhelming joy and love in your heart, that you can do the same thing that he did with other people. That you would choose to walk through life with people and help them overcome the parts of their life that they had errors and they had defeats and they had sadness that that's really what it means to be a christ follower to be a little christ is to do what he did Um, but again that paul saw this this unlimited potential in onesimus's life now that he connected it to god and the thing is it's like it's not just onesimus that had that you know onesimus isn't a a special like case in the bible where oh man this guy's gonna get like a a second chance like this guy was given an option to, to try over to do over and stuff like that that's it's available to everyone it's not just Onesimus. It's not just runaway slaves. Everyone, again, has this this option to say, I choose you, Jesus. I believe in your sacrifice. I, I, I want to try again. I want to do-over. <laughs> you know, I mean, as kids, you know, you always, I, I, like, when I was a kid, I would always, like, play games with my friends. And it always happens, even now when I watch kids play. And, like, they try it. And, like, we, you're taking turns, and then you, you fail the first time. They're just like, no, 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 I want to do-over. You know, like, I mean, you know, like, that. God offers that to us. Like, we get unlimited do-overs and we get to try it over and over and over again because, I mean, we've been described as, like, dumb sheep, you know? I mean, I've never shepherded sheep, so I hear that they're pretty dumb. I don't know. Um, and I've watched videos on YouTube of sheep doing, like, funny things. Um, but that's what, that's. you know, that's, I know, I look at weird things on YouTube, whatever. Um, don't lie, you guys do it too. Um, but, like, you know, that's how we are. And And as many mistakes as we make, as many times as we fall short and and we're nowhere near the magnificence of our shepherd, we get do-overs. <laughs> and he helps us in our do-overs. He helps guide us and shepherd us in what we do. Um but you know, you can really fill in the blank there. You know, like when when any 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 person connected to God has limitless potential. You fill in that blank. You take out Oneness's name and you put anyone else there. I mean, can I say that you like I mean, if I could speak individually to every person in this room right now, you, if you're connected to God, have unlimited potential. And you start thinking about it in your own personal lives, and you can start to think about it. You know, your neighbor that, you know, doesn't really know Christ, that person connected to God has unlimited potential. Your coworkers that you guys work with that you feel like are, are so far from God, and, and you're afraid to, to approach them and to ask them, hey, do you want to just come to church with me? Um, they, connected to God, have unlimited potential. Maybe your parents, you know, your parents have unlimited potential if their lives are connected to God, your friends, I mean, your, your, your children, your, your spouse, maybe, or whoever it is in your life, um, you know, I mean, even if there's people in your lives, like, uh, you know, back in the day when you were in grade school and there was a bully and, and you used to hate that person because I can totally identify with you there, you know, you got to understand that that person too, connected to God, has unlimited potential, you know, and I think one of the hardest things, and I understand this, to do is to accept the sacrifice that God has to accept God's grace and to believe that you have a second chance. I mean, there's a lot of you probably sitting in this room where you're like, I don't feel, I don't think I could take that second chance. Even if I knew that it was available to me, I don't think I could because I know what I've done. You know, and and you gotta realize that you're, you're worth it. You know, God says you're worth it. It's not because I say you're worth it, but God says you're worth it. And that's why he died on that cross. You know, and I want you to know that you're worth that second chance. And so are the people around you. And if you choose to have that second chance in your life, then it, it can change your life and it can, it can bring about such unlimited potential if you would just allow it to. You know, I, I don't know where you guys are at in your life. Maybe, maybe you're in, in Philemon's shoes. Maybe you, you received that second chance. You're living in that life and you're just in the process of looking for someone that you need to pass on that second chance to. And maybe some of you are in Onesimus' shoes where you, you um, just receive that uh that second chance or haven't received that second chance yet or or uh maybe some of you are returning from the easter service and you just received that second chance you, you said that you raised your hand you're one of those 144 that accepted god and um and maybe you're just waiting to see the potential in your life but you know wherever you're at either in philemon's shoes or shoes, or somewhere in between you gotta understand there's something you have to know is that there's a god that loves you like immensely I mean, he, he truly, truly loves you. you. You could never, I mean, describe the love of a father for his kids. And, and I think, I mean, thousands of years ago, we ran out of ways to describe God's love. <laughs> we use the same words now, I mean, now, but it's like we ran out of ways to describe it because it's just that amazing. It's, it's words truly can't describe. And you gotta know that, that, that God loves you and he wants to give you second chances over and over and over again. And he wants to see you succeed and overcome those things. Um, and he wants, to, he wants to show you the things that he can do in your life if you would allow him to be connected to you and to be in a relationship with you and to share in life with you and to walk through your trials with you. You gotta know that. And so with that said, I wanna pray for you guys. Just bow our heads. Dear God, I just wanna lift up every single person in this room that can hear my voice. I just pray that you would just, uh, Lord, just begin to flood your love upon us, Lord, that you begin to anoint us with your spirit. And I just pray for each and every person in this room that uh, that has received that second chance, that has been living a life like Phileme, and just as a good, godly example of what it's like to, to live a, as a sinner for one time, Lord, and to be redeemed in a second chance through your love, Lord. And I just pray that you would start to give us your eyes, Lord, that we would see the people um, that need your love, Lord, that we would start to see every single person as an opportunity to, to give them your love, to, to offer the same second chance that we've received, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we would just uh, begin to have the same kind of heart that you have, Lord, that that. Lord, that our hearts would break for what breaks your heart, Lord, that we would have compassion for the same things, that we would look at every situation the way that you would look at it, that we would be able to handle it uh, the way that you would handle it, Lord. And I just want to pray for every person in this room, Lord, that hasn't, um, that is in onesimus issues, Lord, that, that maybe already received. Uh, or just received your second chance or hasn't received that second chance, Lord, and, and, and they have that availability, Lord, and, and they're waiting to see the potential in their life. They're waiting to see the promises come to life in their in their life that, that maybe they've heard in a sermon that there's so much available to them and that you can supply for them, and they're waiting for that to happen. Lord, I just pray that you would deliver on your promise, Lord. I I just plead the truth of your word over their lives, Lord, that that your word would manifest in their lives, that they would see the blessings, Lord, that they would see uh, the partnership of your Holy Spirit with us, Lord, that they would feel the empowerment and the love uh, of you, Lord, in their lives, Lord. And so I just pray that you would just make that happen. But right now, I want to say a a separate prayer for you guys. And um, this is really a prayer for anyone that hasn't accepted God yet, that hasn't said this prayer that says, God, I believe in your sacrifice. And I, I want to receive that. I want to receive that second chance. I want to I do over. I, I want to I see how I can, I can take what has happened in my life, the, the mistakes that I've made and how I can turn them into victories. I want to see my sadness turn into happiness and joy. I want to see your spirit help me get through the hard times and the, the trials in my life. And, and right now, I'm offering you the second chance that I received because I would lie if, uh, if I stood up here and said that I didn't need a second chance because i i've i'm there with you i've been at that place where i felt like i couldn't even take a second chance because i knew my past but as a person who received a second chance as a person who allowed it to to be real in my life for from a person who allowed the the, the love of christ to actually be a true thing not just just uh, not just a ritual on a, on a sunday or a friday or whatever it is as a person that that took that seriously and allowed it to change i'm offering the same thing that i received because i know The life-changing power it has and so if you want to say a prayer this morning that says god number one i believe in your sacrifice i believe in your grace and, and what it does for my life and number two that you're committing to just starting a process in your life just taking baby steps getting closer and closer to god not necessarily being perfect right now starting off and saying this prayer and expecting to just be perfect but saying god i'm just committing to just starting a new life taking every, every, every moment of life trial by trial and hoping that I can uh, avoid the errors that I had before, if you want to say that prayer um, this morning, I'm going to offer that to you. I'm going to offer you that second chance in your life to have that do-over, to have that option to choose Jesus and allow him to move you through your life in a new way, to bring new potential in your life. And so what I want you to do is I'm going to, um, I'm going to pray with you, but what I want you to do first is I want you, uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, um, I'm just going to say, um, I'm gonna start this prayer, and I just want you to raise your hand and let me know that you're gonna say this prayer with me. You're just gonna let me know that, hey, I wanna, I wanna say that prayer. I wanna receive that. I, I, I want that in my life. And I'm not gonna make you say anything out loud. I'm not gonna make you do anything embarrassing. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna make you stand up in front of everyone and declare this. I just want you to, know, I just want to know that you're praying with me, and that you're praying in agreement with what I'm saying. And so. If you wanna say that prayer this morning that just accepts Jesus into your life, that accepts that second chance, I want you to just raise your hand right now. so I'm gonna look across the room and if anyone wants to say that prayer, I'm I'm gonna say it with you. Okay, I see one person, is there anyone else? I see two, three, four, anyone else? Five, anyone else? Looking, six, anyone else? Still looking across the room, is there anyone else? Seven, I see someone else. Anyone else? Still looking. Praise God. I want to. I want to uh, really encourage you guys. You know, th- this is the best decision you're ever going to make because you're not. You're not losing out on anything here. You're. You're. You're taking a step forward. You're, you're jumping in, as Pastor Carl said on the Easter service. and You're just saying, God, I want to see what you have for me. And so I'm. I'm going to give this a little bit more time. I'm going to look one more time. Is there anyone else? I saw a couple of hands on this side. Anyone else? Praise God. Any, anyone else? Just. Just giving the option again. One more time. Still looking across. All right. I see. I see another hand. I kind of lost count there, but it's all right. Uh, All right, anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, let's just bow our heads. And so for those of you who raised your hand with me, um, again, I'm going to say this prayer, and I just want you to hear the words that I'm saying, and I want you to just not let them go in one ear and out the other. I don't want you to just let it, uh, you know, just hear it and, and have this temporary uh feel good you know moment but i want you to let this be an a lasting moment that has longevity that 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 spurs you into this into this new lifestyle that that brings about the things that i said that brings about the victory that brings about the joy that brings about uh the overcoming of all the things that are thrown at you in life um but just listen to these words and i want you in agreement just to hear them and and allow them to just uh stir within you but dear lord i just thank you so much lord Lord, I just thank you for the love that you've poured out on my life. Even if I wasn't even attentive to it from the beginning of my life till now, Lord, I just, I just thank you that it was there. I just thank you that it was available to me, Lord, and I just receive that right now. And I believe in your son's sacrifice, and I thank you for it. And I plead your, your son's blood over me that it would wash me clean, Lord, that it would allow me to have the second chance, Lord, it would allow me to start new, Lord. And I'd ask that in this time, Lord, that you would begin... Uh, like Pastor Brad said, to, to help me walk through the trials, Lord, that in this time that you would partner with me, that you would hold my hand, Lord, and get me through these times, Lord. That as I go through the second chance, there's it's not saying that there's not going to be any more trials anymore. It's gonna, it's saying that I'm going to do my best to, to avoid those those obstacles. I'm going to do my best to overcome uh, where I fell short before, Lord. And so I just pray that you would just help me, Lord, that you would supply uh, the strength that I need, the endurance and the courage and, 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 and just the joy that I need to do that, Lord, but you would surround me with the people that would help me get there too, Lord, that you would help me not just connect to you, Lord, but connect to your family too. Surround me with people of your family that can help me and and, and push me forward and and help me uh, to just make those right decisions, Lord. And so I just thank you for what you've done, Lord, and what you're going to do. I love you. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brad. Thank you, Jesus.